Well, welcome back to the show. You're listening to On Point, and my name is David Pack, and we have uh, another special guest here with us uh, tonight to chat about confidence. Can I say that? They're here to chat. Shachi uh, Curl uh, from Angus Reed President is here to chat with us about a new uh, survey, a new study that's been done. Shachi, thank you for uh, taking some time out uh, and, and spending it with us here tonight on the show. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. So the the the... the the headline reads, it's a bit surprising, to be honest with you, and I'm sure you felt the same way. Typically, Canadians seem to, I don't know, can I say we, we get a little smug when we talk about health care? Maybe not. Some of us do. Maybe maybe, maybe few of us now than, than uh, earlier. Uh, but here, here's the headline, as you know. Canadians now less confident in their health care system than Americans are. Um, I, you know, I kind of want to say I find that hard to believe. Um, can, can you tell us a little bit about the numbers? It's striking, absolutely. It so is. let me let me walk you through what we've yeah. done here with this study. We've we've talked to um, a really big uh, national representative sample of Canadians, and we asked them a bunch of things. But one of the the key things that we asked about was what have your experiences been with the healthcare system in the last six months? Did you need care? Most people did. Uh, were you able to access that care? Most people were not, or at least not without a great deal of difficulty. So people fell into four broad categories, people who had fairly easy care, people who had some challenges or difficulties, and then folks who had chronic difficulties. And mm. this group repre represents about 9 million adult Canadians. These are folks wow. who said that they found it either really difficult or impossible to access one of five key components of healthcare. So suppose you needed non-emergent care, or you needed to go to emergency, or you needed to see a specialist, or you needed a diagnostic test, or you needed surgery. For 9 million Canadian adults, this was something that was either impossible or really difficult to get done. That other group, those who had some challenges, they say, yes, in the end we got it done, but it wasn't easy. And that represents another 9 million. So we're talking about some staggering numbers. And of course, over the last several months or call it years, we've been hearing about people in this country who have had struggles. And you know, if it's not the, the local ER that's closed for the weekend or closed early because of shortages or just problems getting folks in to care for you, or whether it's the lack or a shortage of family doctors, you know, the last family doctor retires and that's it. That's it for the rest of the, the community. We hear about this anecdotally. What we wanted to understand and put some, some frame around, put some definition around, was the scope of the problem, right? We all talk about it, chatter, chatter, chatter. What are the actual numbers? And now we have those numbers. At the same time, we went to Americans who had health insurance. And yes, obviously, in terms of real numbers, there are way more Americans who do not have health insurance than Canadians. Right. But among those who do, we said, what is your experience? Uh, and I think it's also worth noting that more Americans than ever actually have health insurance because of Obamacare and the big push to get people signed up into, into insurance groups. So these folks who have access to health care in the United States uh, report 
far fewer problems with getting that access. We didn't ask about cost. Cost is a different thing. And we can always go back and do that. But we said, could you get in? Did you get right, in? Right. Was there a long wait time? Were you able to see your doctor? Were you able to get that diagnostic test? And the answer on, on so many of those fronts, Americans far less likely to say they had problems with access uh, Canadians way more likely to say they had all kinds of problems with access. Shachi, do you ever find yourself getting the report? I'm not, you know, as president, not sure how intimately involved you are. Oh, in I'm pretty, I look at the data tables. We look at yeah. the data as it comes in in real time. It's I'm like, sure. Do you ever find yourself saying, okay, hang on. Those, those, there's, there's something not right here. We asked the wrong questions. These numbers, I mean, you're talking about 18 and a half million people here who are having trouble accessing i mean unacceptable comes to mind um the, anyway i'm just wondering about sometimes yeah. your immediate reaction so to the numbers it's, it's rare that the reaction is full-on disbelief i right. i but you know in the in the eight years that the institute has has been an entity and and about a thousand studies that we've done that might have happened once or twice for sure I would say in this case, it was less disbelief and more like, and you just take that deep bracing breath Gotta sink and in. go, gosh, that's, that's big. This is um, troubling. And what, what happens is the conversation around healthcare, and, and I, I'm going to come back to that, stay tuned on that because there's more to come from this health series coming on Monday. So maybe we'll talk again next week. Mm, um, great. The, the, the sense of pride and ownership and belonging. Like, what do we think about when we think about Canada? We think about universal health care. We think, and we have been so conditioned to think our system is the best, our system works the best. And there can be a dissonance or a reluctance to criticize or, or even identify a problem. In this case, a problem with access, because maybe it feels disloyal. So right. the, the, the intent of this study was not to draw any conclusions about whose system is better, who is right. having a better time or a worse time. Is it better across the border? Because we, we fully understand as pollsters the mood of Canadians and just how much pride they take in their system of health care. But they're also objectively saying we're having a hell of a time actually getting that care. Yeah, it's pretty. I mean, it's pretty common. I mean, haven't. I don't know. I, I don't know what the stats are in people who have broken bones, but as a kid, I did a lot of skateboarding. I spent a lot of time waiting in emergency rooms to get that cast and other injuries. Now, I know I probably was way down on the list, but if there was a common complaint or comment, as you say, a critique, and I find it fascinating that pride comes into this, that we're afraid to criticize it. We're afraid to ask those critical questions or make those deeper observations because of pride and ego and so on. And that sense of I guess I don't know. Is it nationalism? Um, I think but I think it's 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 not it's not from a defensive place. I don't think yeah. it's from a nasty place. I think we just genuinely really love the fact that we have healthcare right. and we're so yeah, used sure. to people in our lives. And it's, well, at least you have the healthcare, right? This right, is something right. that that we like to to pinpoint is a is a big shining sterling part of who we are in terms of policy in this country. And so let's not take that away. Uh, let's but. There is absolutely no doubt, either anecdotally or through data, that 
uh, healthcare system in this country that our system is really undergoing some some real challenges. And it's not just the headline making stories anymore. There's actually data around this. And so that's that's what we do at the Institute. We really just want to understand what's happening with Canadians. And sometimes it's what do they think about things? But sometimes it's just tell us your experience. Like experience doesn't come with judgment. Experience isn't subjective. Yeah, that's great. Experience yeah. is experience. Yeah, no, that's really, really important point. You can't, you kind of can't, it's kind of like saying you can't argue with someone's story. You can't argue with their experience, right? It, I mean, it, for them, I mean, it, it happened. And I, I actually, you know, it's, I look at where it's worst. Um, you see real difficulty on both uh, bookends of the country, if you will. In British Columbia, you see an overrepresentation of people who are dealing with chronic difficulty accessing care. And then in Atlantic Canada and the Atlantic Canadian provinces, there's a significant challenge there as well. And you see that with people overrepresented in that category. But here's something that people maybe no don't think about as much, which is younger adults, those between the ages of 18 and 34, also overrepresented, oversaturated in that chronic difficulty group. And these aren't people who are so young and healthy that they're just not even looking for care. These are people who actually need care. Right, and right. either maybe because, you know, older folks are being prioritized because they've got more complex or urgent issues. But the fact that you're dealing with folks in their 20s and their 30s who cannot get in to to have the care that they need I wonder what that does to the mindsets of people seeking care and failing to get that care over the next 15 years. Do we have a bunch of walking wounded people running around right, who are not maybe right. getting tested or even trying to get care? Well, and, and the exponential costs associated with that, right? Indeed, just, yeah. So there's there's a lot of scope to think about the what next and the how does all of this impact what's coming. Just as we as we kind of wrap up, and I, I think we should have you back on uh, next week. I think that would make a lot of sense. Um, do you do you? Um, it's about it's about that numbers and that that data aspect again. Um, do you ever do you ever find you know that phrase you can't you can't argue with the numbers? I come from a liberal arts background. You know, I didn't do too well in mathematics. <laughs> you know, and I just. You know, you see these numbers and you think, and, and I think connected to the question is, who are they actually for? You know, as a Canadian, I read it and I go, okay, this is a problem. We need to fix this. Now what? Do I write a letter to my, my municipal uh, politician? What, you know, kind of, a, there's a lot of questions here. Uh, yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. And you have a minute Did or you less. have a question? <laughs> that's right. That's right. David, what's the question? Um, you know, what I would say is, People do argue with numbers. They argue with numbers all the time. Yeah, of course. This will be this will be a study that that is actually hard for some folks to to accept. Um, if you're a healthcare absolutist, yeah. or if you're somebody who worries about what the what next is, because there's you know the fear and concern around perhaps privatized care, or what does that mean in terms of federal and provincial funding formulas. All of those things, yeah. right? So the, that that the what's next and the how do we deal with it is when it gets into really jammy, thorny, difficult stuff that thank goodness I don't have to figure out. But <laughs> no, I mean that. Yeah, but, that's Because it's Me it's too. hard. It's hard. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but will people argue with this? Sure. Will they nitpick around methodology? Absolutely. And all I would say is I would invite your listeners to 
go to angusreed.org online and they can dig into the data if they want Great. to. We, we try to write it up in a conversational way. They can look at the graphs and see for themselves. Yeah, that's great. Well, thanks so much for taking uh, some time out of your ridiculously busy day. Uh, we've been talking with Shachi Curl. Uh, she is the Angus Reed president. Thanks so much for being on the show with us tonight. Thanks for having me, David. I really appreciate it. You've been listening to On Point, and my name is David Peck.